You're listening to In Technology, your source for trends about security, sustainability, and technology. I believe my telephone number is my identity. If I give someone my telephone number, he can find out everything about me. Hi, and welcome to the In Technology podcast. I'm your host, Tom Garrison, and with me is my co-host, Camille Morhart. Today, our guest is Hasib Awan. He is CEO and founder of Ifani Secure Mobile, where they work with executives and public figures to protect them against SIM swap, eavesdropping, and location tracking. We're going to focus on the first of these, SIM swaps, and learn how your phone number is used to hack into your bank accounts, social media, and emails. And Hasib is going to share what you can do to protect yourself. So Hasib, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Tom for having me. I'm looking forward to talking to you and Camille. Hasib, can you just spend a minute here and describe what is a SIM swap attack? How does it work? What happened is someone walks into a store and pretend to be you and try to convince the operator or the guy or agent that you lost your phone. So they say, oh, you know, I'll give you a new SIM card. Now, I have your SIM card. When I have your SIM card, I can go into Gmail, Yahoo, Hotmail, and do a password reset. And the first thing they will ask you is, what's your telephone number for recovery? Now, I'll do a password reset. I got your telephone number. I got your email address. Once I have that, I run a software that will go through all your emails and figure out which financial institution you bank with. Accounts you have like Chase. And I will go to Chase Bank and say, I lost my password. And now your email, your telephone number. And based on that, I can get into your accounts and your Facebook and Twitter and all those things. So within like maybe half an hour, an hour, all your money is gone. Then they'll start attacking your Facebook, download all the history and take over your account and pretend to be you and asking people for money. And what's come, what happened is they will download all your history and maybe blackmail you because now they have access to your email address too and they might find someone. First of all, that's really scary <laughs> because it seems so simple. And, you know, we, we sort of protect ourselves with the two-step verification and those, and, and it's really your phone. So if, if they take your phone, then you're not protected. But the weak link in that chain seemed to be, and let's see if I got this right, it's not really related to you as the user. It's more like we are all dependent on the person that's working at the AT&T store or the Verizon store or whoever we use, that they are protecting us by not being fooled by a bad actor coming in pretending to be us. Is that a correct statement? That's accurate, but also there are gangs working in those stores who do it for money. You pay them $100, $200, and they will assign your number to anyone that pays them money. So I know I make $10 per hour working on a store, but I can make $500 per sim up. So a lot of those stores are third party, so they don't share employment record as well. So if you get fired in Montana in a store, you can just fly to Dallas and get hired in a different store and start doing it again. Wait, you mean so there's like a network of people who work in these stores and do this proactively? That's right, Camilla. There's the people swapping SIM cards out. Yeah, that's okay. their business. That's their business model. Hmm. 
they do this for a living. Wow. And so how, as a user, how would any of us know that we are being attacked like this? So first of all, your phone will uh, lose signals. That's the most obvious indication. So you will not be able to text message and call. And it will show SOS, like similar to when you have no signals. Your phone will lose bars. That's the most easiest way to find out. And that's because the phone number has been transferred to somebody else. So you no longer have. That's correct. Yes. So what is, I guess, the obligation for, let's just use a a, a big name, you know, AT&T, Verizon, whatever, the big T-Mobile. What is their responsibility? If I get a bunch of money stolen from me, and this gets tracked back to the fact that this SIM swapping thing happened, can I hold them accountable? Yes, and they'll send you a letter of apology. I'm so sorry, Tom, we lost your money. They'll give you $2.30 for losing all your money. That's the most. Hmm. So I actually thought about this a lot of time because I got hacked four times, and I was always talking about why this is a hole. So I looked in regulations. FCC requirements are that you have to transfer a number within four hours. So I think an average number transfer takes like five minutes or something. So legitimately, if you walk into a store and you want to switch from Verizon to AT&T or T-Mobile, you won't be standing there for an entire day for them to do verification. Or you legitimately lost your phone and you walk into a store and you say, I'm here on a vacation, I lost my phone, I don't have an ID, do something for me. And they have to do that. And by FCC law, they have to entertain such requests within four hours. If they don't do within four hours, they will get fined from FCC. So now think about these kids dealing with 20,000 requests per day, 50,000 requests per day. I don't know, maybe 100,000 requests per day. They don't have the resources to verify each and every request because it's impossible for them to do that. I have never felt like I needed to be protective of my phone number. If you are giving out your phone number, like at networking events or conferences or just casually because you never thought of it as a security, as a your multi-factor authentication, how protective should we be of our phone numbers? If you look at a telephone number, like if I meet you, Tom, at a networking event, right? Hey, Tom, can I have a social security number? You'll say this guy is like a fool, right? Like what he's talking about. But if I tell you, if you give me your telephone number, by telephone number, I can find your social security number. I can probably pull up which credit card do you have for long and how much you spent last month. Where do you live? Which school did you go to? What's your social media profile? And the way it works is that whenever there's a data breach, it goes into a data dump. So think about this, a big bucket of data dump. Marriott got hacked. They threw all your information there. Now Equifax got hacked and the information starts linking. Because on Marriott, you may have how many people were were with you on this trip. So now you can find out who's your spouse, who's your family members, which car did you have? And then which license did you have? Some second database may have your email address or your passwords. So there's a big data breach being built for every person. And with AI, you can actually scrub people information and find out if you want to say, who should I hack? You can literally go to Zillow.com, find out which houses were sold in the last 60 days for over a million dollars. Pull up all the information, see who is above 55, 
and which branch they have, and boom, you got every one person who want to be attacked. So to protect against this, I'll just at least say in the future, are we migrating toward very specific identity-based multi-factor authentication, like the sound of my voice or my image, you know, my heart rate, something that is unique to me? Or can those things be spoofed now that we have generative AI and deep fake technology? Right now, telecom is like more like a commodity. You go to a plan which is cheapest one. You have your uncle on it. You have like, you know, okay, my friend come in, I'm getting extra line. Hey, can you join my plan? Because you're getting a discounted rate. I think there'll be need for specialized companies who only focus on identity threats. And it will be like a multi-factor, like, you know, similar to like you have premium class. My feeling is what will happen in that you will have like a first class and economy class because identity is something if I lost once, I can't get it back. Like, you know, like you have my social security number. Now I'm afraid of it being misused all the time. And then um, I don't even know the risk, to be honest. But telephone number is something that I took as a mission is because I believe my telephone number is my identity. If I give my someone my telephone number, he can find out everything about me. I think we've done a good job of talking about the threat. The threat is people can, with little pieces of information about an individual, they can go to dark web sources and stitch together a much more comprehensive picture of who you are. And then based on that, they can trick other people to, you know, bank account information or whatever. So that's the threat. So can you talk to us about what do we do about it? So first of all, I encourage everyone, don't put everyone on your cell phone plan. Your threat factor is different from your wife or daughter or your like colleague. They will attack the person with the weakest link in your family. I'm against corporate plan and family plan. I believe everyone should have their own plan, which is linked to that. So I just think that people should remove their telephone number from as many places as possible. So I'll give you an example. You can go to Facebook and say, I don't want to use my telephone number. What's the other authentication method? Uh, you can have application based like Microsoft, Google, you know, Authy. Everyone have built AppWest authentication that you used. Get a hardware key that you can use to authenticate. And one other thing is call your bank and tell them I will never ever do a transaction above this amount and put it in notes. Because we are used to like FDIC insurance. FDIC insurance does not cover. Like credit card is covered, but a lot of them, these things are not covered. So to summarize, make sure that you are not on a family plan. But even if you, for some reason, you decide that it's okay, then make sure your telephone number does not exist anywhere in the system that you're dealing with. And other option I normally suggest to people is that maybe have a second number just so people don't know about that number and don't give it to anyone. So it could be like a wipe number or something. But the challenge with the wipe number is a lot of banks do not accept it. So that's becoming a challenge. But that may be a good practice as well. Because if you have to get into someone's account, there's only a couple of things required. Number one is your account number. Account number is very easy to find. You can literally walk up to a store and ask the guy, I want to change my phone. Can you look into my account number? And they will give it to you. Other option is you call in and you say, I want to pay my bill. I forgot my account number. 
And they say, oh, it's the account number to do it. So account number is number one thing that's required to make any changes. Number two is PIN. PIN, again, we can bypass that. But the, the other critical part is your zip code. So if you put a random address, but the zip code is the same, someone will be able to get into account because they don't require any information. Zip code, account number, and thing. So these are the three things you have to protect with your telephone number. So if you have a, I would say, not fake, but a random zip code on your account that is not related to your real world, you may reduce your chance. And then some companies offer um, these protections too. They don't work, but still it's better just to have something rather than nothing. Do you think that most of the people at risk, I mean, you're, certainly your clients and customers are you know, senior executives, people who there's pretty much always somebody trying to figure out where they are at any given time, whether they're trying to piece that together for identity theft or IP reasons or, you know, the IP theft. I want to know, do I have to worry? Is this something, is it limited to, you know, people who are like extremely public figures? So I thought the same thing too. I said, I'm an ordinary person. Like I was tech founder, but at the same time, it wasn't, I was like some special guy, right? I, there are like billions of people like me. So location tracking is obviously very critical attack uh, and we don't offer it to average consumer. Like we specifically ask that, why do you need it? And some people say, you know, my ex-boyfriend is spying on me. He says, we don't, you don't need it. Some people say, oh, it's too expensive. And I say, you know, you don't need it because, you know, that requires hundreds and thousands of investment. Like location tracking and eavesdropping is complicated part. So you don't need it. But since happening, certainly, I believe someone can get into your account, right? Like not just your personal account, but your corporate accounts too. So that is a challenge that you have. And a lot of attacks happen in evening. So like Friday evening, you cannot even go anywhere. So yes, you do have to worry about SimSap. And I say that all the time is that prevention is better than cure, right? If you have a choice between giving someone your phone access or your home access, what would you prefer to give? If you have to pick up between these two things. Well, before this call, I would have said phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. So let me let me ask you this, Hasib. You, you mentioned before that even if you knew that you were being attacked and you were on, you're trying to figure out what to do. You're on the computer. What do you do? I mean, in this scenario, let's just say you're lucky enough to figure out that something bad is happening. And you're now on the gun because you have minutes until really bad things happen. What can you do to stop this? So first of all, you have to understand that they will come after your money. So obviously that would be the first one, be the bank account. So how do I get in touch with my bank as soon as possible? Second thing, they will go after your email. And the third thing they will go after is your social media. If hypothetically it happened... I'll call my bank, I'll try to get in touch with my bank as soon as possible and tell them that put a freeze on every account I have. Second would be an email and then third would be social media and try to do password reset, take out my telephone number from there. Then just run to your closest store. And the challenge is they don't know what's going to happen. So they'll say, oh, you know, we'll look into the morning. They say, no, it needs to be very critical. This is not a regular attack. And I need the answer right now. All right. Well, so I feel like I was living in a world that was much happier before we started this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
but I do appreciate the input. I think our listeners probably are some level of freaked out as well, but you gave some good advice. So thank you for that. But before we let you go, we do like to do this segment on our podcast called Fun Facts. And I was hoping that you have uh, some fun facts to share with us. 100%. And before I share, first, like I just think cybersecurity is something that is nothing to be afraid of. And we have such easy tools to take care of all the security. Keep your hygiene clean and you should be fine. So now coming back to the fan factor is like, so I live in San Juan, Puerto Rico. And Wakanda movie was shot here. And I didn't realize that, okay, you know, Wakanda was shot here. And I'm watching it and I said, this looks familiar, <laughs> you know. And I realized that's like half an hour from me. And second thing a lot of people do not probably know is that in Puerto Rico, there are over 100 islands small islands or islets you call it them but there are 100 islands and the only three are habitable nice i didn't know that yeah so you can go to any island and you can pretty much spend a night and by yourself and probably no one will bother you wow yeah i had no idea i had no idea those are both interesting fun facts you didn't know that wakanda was being filmed there when it was being filmed that seems like it would be massive crew and stuff I am sure, like, I don't know, right? Obviously, like, I don't know when it was shot. Like, I just saw the movie. And the most interesting part, like, a lot of people don't know that in Puerto Rico, that's the only place in the world where Americans do not have to pay federal tax. Oh. Well, now we're getting interesting. Now. We're good information. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, hey, Hasib, I do want to thank you for spending time with us today and educating us on some of these threats. Thank you, Tom, and thank you, Camille, for having me on the show. Stay tuned for the next episode of In Technology and follow at Tom M. Garrison and Camille at Morehart on Twitter to continue the conversation. Thanks for listening. The views and opinions expressed are those of the guests and author and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of Intel Corporation. Intel Corporation.